in a cancer journey, you can't just take two weeks off and get better. Today, we are going to explore how we navigated our unique work situations. Hi, I'm Maggie. And I'm Dina. And this is the show where we get real and raw about breast cancer, the fear, the love, the changes, the surprising gifts, and the celebrations in it all. At the end of the episode, we will be asking you to share your real and raw insight from this conversation. Are you ready to dive into today's episode? everyone. I hope you are truly enjoying our episodes. But today we are going to get into working through our journey. Whether we're at a job, physical job, or if we're at home on Zoom and we work from home. And there are many different challenges and obstacles that we face that we're going to get into today. So let's do this. So Maggie, do it. <laughs> how, I just love when we start these, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where it's just like, where are we going to take this today? I know. Right. <laughs> so, and, and I love that, you know, I, I love that it does sort of surprise us. And as we talked about the last couple episodes, it's healing for us. Yes, it is. Rediscuss a lot of these topics. So, you know discuss for the first time and or rediscuss. So sorry, go ahead. Exactly. Like the point I want to bring up is we can't just take two weeks off and get better when we go through this, this cancer diagnosis and journey and healing process. So I'm curious what might've been maybe one or two of your biggest challenges as you faced your career, your job, as you were going through your journey? Um, it's it's just such an interesting concept because yeah, whether I mean in the corporate world, you have sick days, right? Um, when you when yes. you go to a physical job and or even working remotely. I specifically had been running my own business for quite some time. So I have a very small team, very small team, (laughs) Marla and Susie. (laughs) And what was so challenging is that uh, when I knew about, first of all, all the appointments, so so that alone means required time off, right? Right. Um, I didn't have to, I didn't have a boss I had to go talk to about figuring this out. I just had to figure it out. Now, there's a part of me that thinks I was blessed with that. And then there's a part of me that thinks, oh, shit, am I going to be a good boss to myself? (laughs) So Exactly. Yeah. So like being flexible and gracious with myself as I navigated this. So the appointments, I would say, even though more and more they plop on our calendar, right, as we know. Right. The other aspect of that, which is such an unknown, unpredictable part is how you're going to feel. And so I I started 
you know me, I have like my my one big tool I used all the time that I created that we created in Love Me Healing was this whole symptom tracker, which became so critical to be able to predict and see themes and trends in what I was feeling and when I was going to have my down days, if you will, my what I call my red days, because those were the days I knew I needed backup. Those were the days I knew I couldn't talk to clients. Right. And um, so I, I guess for me, the, the biggest challenge was learning a new way to operate day in and day out and a new way to sort of plan my weeks based on what I thought I might be feeling or what I thought I might be capable of. Right. So you, so you use this tool to actually track your, your signs and symptoms, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yes. And then try to incorporate that with how you were going to work with your clients. Did you need some time off? Did you need to give your your staff more things to do because Maggie couldn't do them at this point? And that brings up a whole nother guilt factor about passing off my work to somebody else. Uh, yes, exactly. And I, so I'll dive into my piece and I know you have such a different experience yes. <laughs> with this. Yes, I did. You know, and I, so I, but I will say that I, I, I've never been a very good delegator because I've always been do, 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 go. I can take on so much stuff, right? I can just right. chug through it and be super productive. Well, I was very, very grateful to have team members that kept asking me, what can we take? What can we do? How can we lessen your workload? So a huge, massive shout out to Marla, who you guys will meet in future episodes, <laughs> who was my godsend. Like she, she kept, she helped with the guilt because I didn't have to ask her. She was asking me for stuff, but right. that required her to know. And so there again, I was blessed to have that person that I was comfortable telling about Mm -hmm. all the things I was experiencing as I was navigating the appointments and or how I felt and that sort of thing. So I'm going to like put this back on, on you, Dina, because you had such a different experience with a boss and you were the boss of others and an employee that you had to navigate it so differently than I did. Yes. I actually went into a job. I was a nursing lab instructor for the college that I actually graduated nursing school from. And during the entire cancer journey, I ran a simulation. I ran the simulation lab, which are mannequins that, you know, act like patients. And the the issue that I ran into was I needed certain days off so that the schedule can get covered. Because if I didn't run the mannequin, somebody else had to. And there was only a certain amount of people doing it. So that's where we needed to juggle the schedule. But what was so difficult at times is the days that I ended up getting sick. Okay. Which means that Either I had bowel issues and I'd have to run to the bathroom or I was too tired to continue my day. I just physically couldn't do it anymore. And it was difficult because now I kept worrying about, oh my gosh, my students needed me. 
what are my coworkers going to think of me? I'm just leaving. I'm leaving them high and dry. They need to find somebody to cover my workload. So it was very different for me. And it was also about the benefits that I had at the college that I worked at. They had wonderful benefits so that there was a medical leave that I could use certain hours for, for my treatments and my surgeries without dipping into sick time, personal time, vacation time yet. So I was very fortunate with that kind of benefit that I had. I, I love um, the just the point about how you were feeling when you were leaving your team members and your coworkers, like they would feel like you're leaving them high and dry unless you were able to confide in them, right? That's like such a, uh, a double edged sword. Um, exactly. Yeah. And, and my coworkers were great. I have to admit my coworkers were great. At one point I had a negative experience with having to go to work. And what I mean by negative is that because I was at work and I would get sick or I didn't feel good that day, I would automatically, it's something that I did because I'm, you know, I think I'm being professional enough and saying, listen, I'm not feeling well today. I want to get through the day, but in case I can't, I need to go home. And, you know, my immediate supervisors, I had two of them and they were like, oh, just try to get through the day or, you know, just, you know, we're short staffed. Uh, I don't know how this is going to work today. You know, it was things like that. And then I would push myself and push myself for the day, get through it. And then when never got, nobody ever checked on me during the day where I was an eight hour shift. And, you know, then I would leave at the end of the day, say goodbye to my immediate supervisors. And they, they would turn around and pass a comment and say, oh, you got through the day, I see. And that makes, and I want our audience to not feel guilty about that. This is, this is your journey. This is, you have to advocate for yourself, whether you're in a, in a situation like this or not, or a different type of situation. It's just like, wait a second, time out here. I'm the one that matters. I'm the one that's going through this. Exactly. And it could get very upsetting. I cried the whole way home that day. And I'm like, but why? Why am I going through this? I, I, I'm I'm struggling here. I'm fighting for my life here. I got these potent drugs running through my entire body. And I need negativity on top of that? Well, like, and I am coming to work? And Dina, that is such a, that falls into such a real and raw category, right? Because yes. that to me points out the, the reality that there are people, in this case, your supervisors, that will not know how to support us. They clearly did not, maybe didn't even think about it. Maybe didn't want exactly. to, maybe didn't know how, whatever it was. Right. But on the way home, Instead of celebrating, I just did that. You right. were feeling guilty about it because of their response to you, and that—that's sad, and it's an unfortunate reality, right? Um, it it is an unfortunate reality, but I did learn from it. 
So that the next time it happened, I became a little bit more stronger, a little bit more demanding. And then I realized, wait a second, I have been in supervisory positions and I know that when staff members come to you about an illness or a surgery, you know, there are certain things put in place like certain, you know, rules and regulations. It's called HIPAA, you know, in regard to, you know, spreading the word here. So that's also can be a very big challenge for many people out there. Like we have talked about who do we tell, when we tell, and who we don't want to tell. Right. Right. You know, you worked from home, but I am sure that if I know you the way I know you, how did you feel with your clients when it comes to this kind of topic, subject, feelings? It, it's it's interesting because there were um, we were in the middle of a few pretty big projects. And so hopping on client calls, I still remember not wanting them to know. Mm-hmm. Even those clients that I knew from past jobs and actually was pretty close with, I just did not want them to know because there was this underlying feeling of they will question my performance. Ah. And I want them to believe I've got this. Nothing's changed. I've got this. So that's a big front to put on. And that's a lot to ask of ourselves. (laughs) Right. Um, So I didn't, I didn't tell them. And I remember The first time I did this multiple times, but I remember the first time doing this with Marla, we were on a long client call talking about a website we were designing and developing. And and actually I had a wig on Mm -hmm. and after the call, the client hung up and Marla and I stayed on and I ripped the wig off and it was like, I'm hot and it itches. And I, Oh yeah. It was like, and, and that was, Marla was actually thankful because I was able and comfortable to do that with her. Right. And Mm -hmm. I could not wait to. So back to your point of who we tell and who we don't tell has a big impact on how we show up with those people. And it's, it's, it's challenging to navigate those aspects of being yourself, being comfortable. What do I wear? How do I, how do I talk about, how I might look because obviously we get pale, we lose our eyelashes, we lose our eyebrows, we lose our hair, you know, all of that. Exactly. So, so Dina, how did, did you, did your boss, your supervisors, did they ever come around to a better support of what you were going through? Yes and no. Um, I've had multiple surgeries and that was also something that was more of a unpleasant situation um in regard to the second one of the second or third surgeries i needed a comment was passed oh you have to have another surgery oh oh at least it's not cancer it was my reconstructive you know surgeries. Are you kidding me? No, I am not kidding you. So I, I learned to confide in one or two of my coworkers 
And they were my buffer between me and my supervisor. Mm. Unfortunately, I had to get human resources involved as well. Because I would get phone calls back, you know, when I was home from recovering from my surgeries, phone calls about when you're coming back, how many weeks you're going to be out. But, you know, you're not healed yet. You know, I need to fix the schedule. I need to know when you're coming back. And in reality, by law, I should have never, ever gotten a phone call. So like I said a little while ago, I learned to become stronger because of this. And I would say, I'm not discussing this with you. Speak to human resources. That was my go-to line at this point. But unfortunately, it had to get to that point. Yeah. You know? Well, and it's the whole self-advocacy, right? That you had to figure out what does that look like to me in this situation and how do I dodge these types of questions because it makes me feel Right. So so a tip could be that if you want to dodge certain questions, you have to realize or we have to realize what we're willing to answer and what we're not willing to answer. And do we have somebody that we trust enough to help navigate the whole conversation? Like I had two friends, two co-workers, two people who also went through breast cancer. So that's why I felt so comfortable and trusting them that they would be the go-between. You know, yeah. I oh I for so long it was like, how you doing today? What's you know, how many more treatments you got? You know, are you gonna do radiation? You know, you know, what kind of surgeries you're having? But like all of these questions you, you get shot at by people that just don't understand. So part of me had to say to myself, oh my gosh, they're being so personal. I can't take this. I don't want to talk about this anymore. But then I kept saying to myself, oh, they don't understand. They don't know how to navigate somebody else's journey and how to support them. So I would tell the two people, okay, this is what we're going to do. You guys are going to be the go-between because I can't keep talking about this day in and day out, not doing it. And they, I would tell, talk to them and they would say, what they needed to to some of my coworkers and really got involved with my boss, my two bosses as well. You know, so that's that's one way to handle it. So that that made me think of a question, um, Dina, as far as with the people that you did not want to tell, because there were some clear people I did not want to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, how, like. How did you navigate the, we have to be mindful of where we like post in our social media. What are we sharing? Are we sharing pictures of ourselves? Are we sharing updates and or how? Like I personally use CaringBridge and I did not right. say anything on social media. And people were kind of like, well, where are you on social? Like I, I mean, you've been like, it's been crickets or whatever. And it's like, I just, I chose not to share anything on social media because I just didn't want to blast it out there. How did you handle that part? I was on social media, but not consistently. You know, um, I had one firehouse friend that he just loved the idea of me sharing the story, but I did it in a way that wasn't overwhelming. I did it when I wanted to. Um, I really wasn't on it that much. Mm. So I wasn't blasting my entire story everywhere. 
but I had the support of my friends, my firehouse friends, my family, and a few coworkers. So they they really were the ones that helped me navigate these areas of telling when to tell, when not to tell, mm-hmm. and all of that. You know, and I also got pretty good at saying, please, thank you for your your love and support, but I just can't talk about this right now. Yeah, that's great. That's a great point. That was that was the first time I did that. I just wanted to crawl under the table. I was like, who do I think I am saying something like this to somebody who wants to who's asking me? But then I said to myself, wait a minute. This is my journey. I I I can't go over this and over this and over this. You know, today I'm just not up to talking about this. I love that. You set a clear boundary in honor of your own healing. And that is, it's hard because we do get hard hard on ourselves sometimes with, ooh, did that, is this going to sound too abrupt or is this going to sound rude or is this, but we need what we need and we got to navigate what we're navigating and ask for what, what we need from others. Um, It's just what, so, so what tips would you if you had to like sum it up into one or two things, what would you tell people about navigating this journey in their career? What would you say? Once again, is that we have the choice. We have to be comfortable within ourselves to say, I don't want to tell this one. I will tell that one. Don't ask me 5 million questions on this and just be able to be okay with it. There isn't no, there's no right or wrong way to do this. And you might hear that a lot from me, Maggie, Mm -hmm. because our journeys are so different. We're so unique in our own ways. What works for me might not work for you. You know, and it's things like that. You wore a wig. I wore scarves. I, a lot of times I had, I was bald. I, it was winter time. It depends on where I was. I took it off and I was just like, it's too hot in here. You're going to, I don't care what you all think about my bald head. (laughs) I love that. I love that. And that takes an inner strength and it's not like a, it's not like a quick and easy thing, but um, it's powerful. So Uh, is there one or one thing that you'd like to mention before we end today? I would say my biggest learning through the navigation of my challenges is to, to be gracious with myself and to allow in that love and support because I was blessed with having it, but I was resistant to it at first because I thought I still needed to do everything. Right. And we don't, and we can't. So be gracious with yourself and give yourself what you need. And that means allowing in that support of others as well. So. Yes. Great. Great conversation today. Thank you. Once again. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Till next time. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found value in today's episode. And remember to share your real and raw insights with us by going to healinsideandout.com, where you can also find additional information and resources.